Welcome back to Exquisitely Aligned. I'm your host, Gina Meyer Vincent. Here, we help you leave the one size fits all life behind and empower you to live your one of a kind life. Life on your terms, making the bigger impact that you're here to make and lighting the way for others. Essentially, you become exactly what's missing in the world today. Today, my host has done, my guest has done exactly that, and she continues to do it 24-7. Sally Wagner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, sought-after speaker, and life alchemist. Sally deploys powerful transformation tools, including emotional freedom techniques, known as EFT, Evolved Neurolinguist Programming, NP, and trauma-aware modalities to launch clients into action for rapid, concrete results. Clients reclaim the power of conscious choice in their lives and discover and live the life that makes them come alive. And that's exactly what we love to hear. So Sally, I am so delighted and uh, grateful to have you with us today. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Gina, so much for having me here. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. So, Sally, what the listeners don't know is we started filming once before, and I had many technical issues on my end. So I really appreciate you being with me again um, for the first time of those of you listening in today. Sally is an amazing woman on so many levels, and um, we connect on so many levels, fortunately or unfortunately. I would say one of them is being an advocate for our beloved husbands who really need us. And so um, let's start with that and then we can go from there because there's so many wonderful things to talk about that as well. But I know okay. firsthand what it's like to be in, in the American hospital care system. Yes. And for me, it was, it was one of the one size fits all paradigms that I like to avoid because yes. what I realized very quickly is that my husband was just kind of a number and he wasn't seen for his entire body. Each doctor saw everything very separately. And it was scary and frightening to me because I do not come from a medical background. Um, it was all new. I'm not gonna use the word exciting. It was more like daunting and frightening. And so I'd love for you to share with us first, like, how did this happen? I believe you told me it was a beautiful, I think it was a Sunday, but yes. a, a weekend day. I'm not sure if yeah. it was Sunday, but I think it was a lovely day. Go ahead. Yeah, it was a Sunday and we had a fabulous day, fabulous breakfast. Uh, we were talking to his relatives in Germany. He's from Germany. Uh, we got into the spa relaxed. Uh, everything was wonderful. And mm -hmm. we got out, showered off, and he came into the room where I was reading and he said, call 911. There's mm -hmm. something wrong with me. Something is not right with me. And, and uh, that uh, for him to say something like that was just like, I got to do it now. Right. 
uh, he's not the kind of person to cry wolf or anything. And, <laughs> and the last, and, and he does come from a medical background as much as your husband. Um, so for him to say 911, uh, that was devastating. And uh, as it turned out, he was experiencing a brain aneurysm. Uh, mm. It had exploded in his head. It was the result of a malformation in his brain. Likely he was born with it. A lot of people are, uh, mm. uh, or at least a, 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 a sizable minority, shall we say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, most people never know it until something like that happens. And it happened to him. Um, they, the paramedics came and uh, worked with him. They got him to the ambulance. Uh, apparently, at some point, they lost him in the ambulance. They had to intubate him, get him revived before they could get him to the hospital. And it, it just went from there um, mm. with devastating news. Uh, as I was leaving that evening, I was told that anyone who wanted to see him should get there immediately and that I should consider organ donation. So mm. that was that was what I went home to that night. As as if that is a safe way to drive a car or to right. fall asleep or a comfortable yeah. way to fall asleep. Yeah. And listen, I am a huge fan of organ donation but not when someone has beautiful possibilities of being around, you know, and, and turning things around. Um, and so I think you said, what was that, like eight or eight and a half months ago? Yeah, it was in yeah. early March. Yeah. And he thankfully has not become <laughs> because of your strong will, which I have to say, yeah. thank you. I'm yeah. ever so grateful. I know how hard in my opinion it is to be that advocate, to stand yeah. firm in your beliefs when the men and women in white are not holding that space for you and yeah. not, um, for me, it was they were not listening to me. Uh, I don't yes. know if that happened to you and your husband, but, you know, speak to that if you don't mind. Sally. Yeah, sure. Um, and we have uh, met some amazing caregivers. Uh, and then we've met some who are not so amazing. Uh, we've met doctors who withheld vital information from us because they mm. deemed us uh, not worthy to participate in a particular program for therapies, uh, those kinds of things, you know, uh, being told that, oh, it's too late. Uh, just think about comfort care. Well, he, he has my husband has progressed uh, well beyond that point when we were told that that was the end of the road for him. There is definitely a path to healing and recovery, and he is on it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's slow. Uh, I think I said once before, we have taken the scenic route on that path uh, and we're on the path, which is important because in those first hours, there wasn't a path for him. And, mm -hmm. and now he has discovered it and he's on it and making mm -hmm. real progress. And I think that's, you know, one of the things to um, I had a conversation yesterday with somebody, not a podcast conversation, but a gentleman who I was meeting for the first time via Zoom. And he actually was from the Bay Area, but closer here to Orange County. 
when he was meeting me because his dad just had surgery and he said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, where I went to dinner last night with some of my dad and mom's friends in there, uh, they live in, in um, uh, like a, um, a facility that has all different levels of care. And um, they have a nice dining room with lovely food. So he got to meet some of the friends and the one friend said, are you nervous? You know, and he said, no, I'm in a a space now where I feel like what's meant to happen is meant to happen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that if we are able to tap into that space of love and gratitude Mm -hmm. and be able to support and, and, you know, nourish and hold the faith uh, for your husband that this is, uh, you know, a speed bump that you are going over very slowly because maybe you're riding in a a lower sports car at this point. I don't know. We just bought a new car and we're shocked at how low, it's not a sports car, but how low the front grill is when we come out of the driveway, you have to go on an angle so we don't scrape it every time. But, you know, it's like finding that place where we feel good and confident and strong in being that advocate and seeing the possibilities, you know? So I commend you for that, Sally, because I can't even imagine going home with the thoughts of organ donation as your, like, a, a decision on a Sunday that you had walked, wake, woken, had a lovely morning, and then all of a sudden this is your evening, like, you know, you're you're shaking your head going, wait, what just happened? You know, am I in a time warp? But um Kudos to you for being able to do that. What do you attribute that ability to? I mean, I have some ideas based on what you do for a living, but if right. you could share right. your your, your um, secrets with us. Sure. So one of the things that I do is a life coach. I call myself a life alchemist because I think there's magic that happens for us when we're in that zone Um, And one of the things that I have the honor of living out is what I coach people on, that when we know what our core values are and Uh we live every day, then we find the joy within. Uh, And uh, as uh, this is a test, I think, for me to really confirm Yes, what I say, (laughs) I believe is what I believe, because, you know, we say a lot of things. Oh, this is important to me. And yet when the the test comes, maybe it's not so important. Right. (laughs) And and so um, this is my opportunity to confirm all those things for myself that Mm -hmm. I, I love learning. And this is a fabulous opportunity to learn a lot about healing and recovery from brain injury. Uh And Uh I'm curious. So I ask questions. I ask questions of the caregivers. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Yes. (laughs) Alternative. Well, Um, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'll write that because we'll talk about that. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. And, and I remind them that you're providing a service, you're a service provider. Uh, and the service that you're giving me may or may not be acceptable. And so let's figure out what is acceptable. Yeah. Um, so asking questions, being curious, learning and uh, putting it into action every day as I find new ways to support my husband in his healing. Yeah, I love it. On this, on 
I mean, so many levels. If you were around the corner, I'd say, come on over, you know, let's sit (laughs) together. I have a hot cup of tea because it's raining here today and cool. But um, asking questions. I am a big proponent of that. I, that is how I learn. And I like to learn too. Um, And I do believe that we are offered uh, situations, life situations, you can say from life, from your creator, from the universe, however you wish, these um, places where we have opportunities to step up and, and take a stand and use our voice and our intuition. I mean, you know your husband better than anyone meeting him for the first time. I often said, I don't need you to run a test. I'm telling you right now by the color of his eyes that, you know, he is jaundice. Uh, I'm telling Mm -hmm. you right now, his blood count is low. He just finished dialysis. They took pull too much uh, fluid off of him. He needs a blood transfusion. And sure enough, they they would run their tests yeah. and take their time and then call us up and say, you need to come to the hospital. We need to give you five pints of blood. And this went on and on 33 pints later, you know, little by little, two pints here, three pints there, five pints. There. I mean, you know, it's a good thing he donated a lot of blood before becoming ill, but asking questions, I find n- not even, let's talk about that even on a broader uh, uh, frame, right? Because uh, hopefully not everybody listening is ever put in a place that you and I have been put in, but asking questions applies to so many things like even being with a, your own child, your spouse, when they're feeling good, or even when they're not feeling good, I'll, I'll never forget. Mark came out of, um, the, uh, kidney and liver transplant, and he was awake and intubated, which is not normal. It's extremely uncomfortable, painful, you can't speak, etc. And he, we were very fortunate. We were at Mayo Clinic, and he had a wonderful male um, uh, emergency uh, uh, ICU nurse. He was in the ICU. I think I said emergency room, but he his male ICU nurse. And I could see my husband struggling, and I just said to him, Okay, Mark, I got very close to his face. Mark, I think you're uncomfortable. Are you uncomfortable? Squeeze my hand. He said, yes. I said, you want me to ask him to get this tube out of you. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, then just relax now, please. Because I could see it was making it worse, right? And I just went over and I politely said, like you, my husband never complains. So if he is this uncomfortable... (laughs) It must be, you know, my husband's also of German descent. I am of German descent through my dad Mm -hmm. and Mark through his mom. And, you know, sometimes I think we can be uh, the Germans. We can be somewhat stubborn and uh, also take high tolerance of things, you know, then the Italian side of me came out and was screaming when I was (laughs) at the other hospital, you know, like, no, you're not listening. This is getting worse by the minute. We need to. But yeah, asking questions is is our right. And if somebody, what I've learned is if somebody doesn't want to answer, they don't have to, you know, have Mm -hmm. you had anybody who didn't want to answer you or what, what 
happens when you ask those important yeah. questions? So I sometimes I feel like uh, the answer I got was not the mm -hmm. answer to the question I asked. <laughs> and I persist. Uh, yeah. I, I do it, you know, politely uh, and insistently uh, yeah. because I, I want to know. Uh, and I call them out. I'm like, I, the answer that I got was not the answer that I needed. So tell me, what are we looking for? What are the milestones? What are the benchmarks? What are the mm -hmm. measurements? I want to, if you don't tell me what we're working toward, then how do I know when we get there? Right. Right. Um, and so I just, I just insist on getting the answer that mm -hmm. is going to satisfy me. Yeah. I love that. And the other thing I learned, cause I was, you know, Mark was coming home with me oftentimes. I mean, he was in the hospital for, I think, 39 days during his in and out. Right. But um, but when I was taking him home, it was like, what am I looking for right. on the on the, the downhill side? How yeah. do I know things are going wrong? I am not a medical person. I mean, yeah. you know, like luckily your husband walked in the room and said, call 911 that Sunday. Mm -hmm. What if he didn't and just said, you know, I'm just going to sit in this room by myself. She can't see me. La, la, la. And hours, you know, let's say you ran, went to right. run an errand. I mean, thank God you were in town. Thank God you were home. Thank yes. God he felt good enough to tell you I need an amp. And he had the wherewithal to realize this is not a headache or a, you know, something minor. This is serious. I mean, so many things. But yeah, questions, I think is it's our, I want to say it's our legal right. Even in my marriage, I've asked Mark, yeah. some, he's like, I don't know. What do you want me to say? I don't want you to tell me anything. <laughs> I want to know, you know, how are you feeling? What do you think? Because that's how I learn. When I hear something from you, it might make me go, oh, I never thought about that, Sally. Tell me yeah. why you believe that, you know? Yeah. And and then I could go away and ponder it, or usually I'm, my intuition says, oh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that she's got onto something. You need to ask another question, explore more. I mean, right. I love the, the fact that you said action. And mm -hmm. I think that might be why Mary Lou said we needed to, to meet and chat because uh, she could see that you're an action taker and so am I. How does that come naturally to you or is it something you feel like you had to step into look, like a ramp up in this scenario? So I, I think I am pretty action oriented. Uh, that's uh, one of the little acronyms that I use in my coaching is MSG. And that stands for, mm -hmm. uh, mindset, skill set, get off your asset. Uh, because it's, it's all about putting it into action. You know, we can have the most fabulous ideas in the world, the fabulous feelings in the world. And if we're not mm -hmm. doing anything, then, you know, <laughs> what impact do we have? And we're here right. to have an impact, I think. Um, the, yeah. it, and, and it goes back to just putting it all into place for ourselves. Yeah. And, and that's part of resilience building. Mm -hmm. um, when, when we put our values into action every day, we're more resilient. Uh, yeah. we're, we're happier. We, we have more joy in our lives. We're more fulfilled. Absolutely. There are all kinds of benefits from doing that. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't take a lot. It can just no. be something very simple. It does not take a lot. I I'm, I don't mean to be laughing, but I'm laughing because I had this conversation uh, with a client many years ago, like, you know, how do I do this? It's like all day. Check in with yourself. You know, yeah. am I uh, focusing on things I want to be thinking about? Or am I focusing on something that's making me angry, sad, annoyed? You know, I don't watch uh, the news because it does not fulfill me. It never has, you know? Um, So my husband and my son know if something major is going on in the world, they need to let mom or, you know, or wife know so that when I step out of the house, I don't look like I've been living under a rock. But for me, energetically, I need to protect myself. So I, you know, I'm laughing back to that client because at first she was so like, this was such a foreign thought about her mindset and how energy, um, you know, words have energy, emotions have energy. And it was such a fun journey for me because she started getting it very quickly. At first it was like, you know, hitting my head into a wall. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting it. I'm noticing this and that. And mm-hmm. But it's so true. So I'd love what you said again. Repeat uh, MSG one yes. more time because it's brilliant. Go ahead. Yeah. Mindset, skill set, get off your asset. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I believe our intention is part of what you were mentioning before. And knowing what your husband does for a living, um, when he's not recovering, uh, I believe he and you both live in the wellness, um, body, mind, soul, and spirit. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say community, but lifestyle. And yeah. so, you know, I think for me, I, I'm trying to even remember how old I was. I think I was 38, 39 when Mark was ill, maybe turning 40. But um, yeah, I guess I was turning 40 because it's we're celebrating 14 years in four days. And um, um, but thank you. Yes. Uh, But I remember, like, for me, it changed my perspective of life. You know, here Mm -hmm. I was, in my opinion, at that age, I felt like I was young, with a a mom of two very young children, a two-year-old and a kindergartner, you know, I felt like I had all this time ahead of me to do all the things that were on my, like, wish list, my legacy, my calling, my, you know, and then all of a sudden, it was like this switch changed. And for me, Mark was sick, it was insidious. So he went downhill slowly over the course of I would say a few years, unlike you waking up on a Sunday morning to a beautiful, wonderful day, and then all of a sudden life is changing. For you, Sally, do you see life differently now? Do you, or, or how can you explain? Has anything shifted in that respect for you? Well, absolutely. I, I think um, it, uh, I'll digress a bit. My yeah, first husband, please. my first husband, passed away 19 years ago. 
Mm. And when that happened, it certainly was a shift. And it was like, I, I, I'm not going to regret things. You know, uh, I, I don't want to look back and say, I regret something. Mm -hmm. And, and so it changed my perspective on things that I was more in the moment. I was, you know, and, and this experience is intensifying that to be more intentional about being present, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and understanding that being with somebody in this situation is truly a privilege, uh, you know, to, to be able to help him and support him. And, and it is energy to see the energy change, uh, based upon what I bring to him in terms of attitude and words and encouragement, Mm -hmm. Um, because that's so important. You know, uh, it's, uh, one of the things I, I like to tell people is it's not what you don't know that holds you back. It's what you do know. That's not true. That holds you back. Right. And, and we tell ourselves so many things that are not true. And, <laughs> and it would be so easy for him or anyone in that situation to mm-hmm. start listening to those negative thoughts and the negative beliefs like the doctor had about yeah. him, you know? Um, and so I, I encourage him. I, I tell him every day, Oh my gosh, look what you just did. You didn't do that before. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, and it changes the energy. Uh, yes. and so I, those life experiences, those dramatic changes that, that we all experience, um, they help to crystallize that intention of how mm-hmm. we live. Yeah. I love it. It's so true. And, you know, I like to say there are two different, um, invitations we receive in life, one of which is frightening. And then we can, we have the ability, if we wish, to allow it to become enlightening, like you just yeah. said, that yeah. those moments crystallize, you know, these everything for us. And then the other one is intimidating and intriguing, which is when life is all peaches and cream and somebody presents something to you or you think of something that's 50% intimidating and then there's this 50% of intrigue, that's when we know we're going to expand. I mean, both both are expansive, right? Because when we become enlightened and, you know, first I want to say, I'm sorry to hear about your first husband. Um, but then it's a blessing for your now husband, right? So that he, uh, and not only has you, uh, as his wife, but as his strong advocate and cheerleader, cheerleader doesn't even seem to kind of cut it. I don't know what the right word would be, but, someone there celebrating him. And and you're right. You know, I think our words carry so much weight. You know that. And you giving um, words to the fact that how much it does give the the image I was getting. Now, let me ask you, is he in a hospital now or or like a, 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 what do you call that next step facility? it's a, a rehab hospital. Rehab. Uh, they have a, a special brain injury program where he okay. is. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you feel, but any type of facility like that to me is, it doesn't feel like home. They, no. it, even if they try it, it's, you know, and I, we were very fortunate. Mark was able, accepted into Mayo Clinic, Jacksonville, Florida. And that's who um, a beautiful young uh, female 
transplant surgeon gave him the kidney and the liver. It took 11 and a half hours, but um, yeah, they, they stopped a couple times. His heart doesn't like uh, anesthesia. It goes down to 30 beats per minute. So they told me they were closing him up and I said, no, 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 tell the doc, tell the surgeon. I'm his wife. I just arrived. It's four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Just drove in that this is what happens. It'll be fine. Tell her to keep going. And she's like, I'm sorry, who are you? I was (laughs) like, I am the doctor's wife, the patient's wife. And, you know, I know I have no medical stuff, but you do need to know this has happened before. And it'll, you know, it's okay. And luckily they, they listened to me. I don't know. Um, and I got the phone call two hours later. Okay, we're going to continue. We're going to, we've, we got them stable. We're going to continue. But, um, you know, I was happy that Mayo realized they really want people to get out of the facility, <laughs> you know, not that yeah. they kick them out too soon, but they really celebrate you moving to, yeah. you know, uh, for us, we had to stay in, in town for two more weeks. So we were in a hotel very close by nearly walking distance if he Mm -hmm. was healthy. But, um, you know, I think that when you come in as the sunshine and you're there with the proper words and the excitement and the enthusiasm and the gusto to cheer him on, it really makes a difference. I always feel sad for the people who are in a facility or in a hospital who have nobody yeah. Or or somebody who maybe doesn't speak English as their first language or somebody who's intimidated by the, the white coats and the stethoscope mm-hmm. and the system, you know, and, and don't agree with what the treatment is, but yet don't have the ability to stand up and speak up, you know? Yes. yes. Um, so... Um, I love everything you're doing. And I know there were a couple of other things that we had talked about that I wanted to touch on. Um, oh, let's talk about, you used the word forged in the fire. Um, I was saying how that when we go through something like this and forgive me, but I do call it hell or hellish yeah. that there are moments that we might see parts of ourselves we either didn't know existed or maybe we hadn't used before, or we didn't yeah. know how intense they could be, but that fire just really um, sparked something within us. Tell us about, uh, you had used the words for being forged in the fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that does it, right? Uh, when when we're <laughs> tested by things like this, uh, it, it can either consume us and incinerate us, mm-hmm. Or it burns away the dross and it purifies mm-hmm. us and we are forged into something much stronger. Um, yeah. And so that's my intention that I want to be forged into something much stronger. Mm-hmm. I think you have been. <laughs> <laughs> Do your children tell you that? Do they see it in you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and even people at the hospitals, we've been in uh, four different hospitals at this point. Wow. And, uh, it, you know, someone last week said um, how much they admire us and they look up to us as examples. And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that's, you know, I don't, I don't do it for any of those kinds of reasons. I just do it because no. that's, it just feels like what I want to do. Um, yeah. 
And, and yet I think it is an example to other people that this is how you can be in the face of um, something that could be a tragedy. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said that. I think of a, a dear friend, um, Sharon, years ago, when we were in the in the midst of the flames and um, she said to me, I hope this doesn't offend you. She had called and asked, how is Mark? And I said, what could you say that would offend me? She goes, you know, we were going to sleep last night, my husband and I, and concerned about uh, financial things based on the business, the company he worked for made some decisions that were not the best for all the employees. And so they were, you know, just laying there thinking, oh, goodness, scratching their head. Woe is me kind of for that moment. And then they both looked at each other and said, at least we're not Mark and Gina. And, you know, she said, I hope that doesn't. I said, no, it, yeah. I think that what Mark is going through, you know, is for all of us to learn. I learned things about myself. I learned things about, you know, like you said, there are some really phenomenal doctors, not so phenomenal, etc. Same with every business, right? Whether you're going to have someone clean your house, somebody phenomenal, you, you, you and they click versus somebody who doesn't see the dust where you see the dust, you know? Yes. And I think that you, for her to say that to me, I was excited because I was like, I hope that all of our friends and loved ones and those who maybe have just met us in passing take something away from Mark's suffering, you know, like that, uh, that what's really maybe what we thought was important in life maybe now isn't so, um, or that what's making us nervous, doesn't really have to, you know, money is an energy. He could always get another job. He didn't know what was going to happen yet. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. to be able to be more flexible. I mean, there's yeah. so many different things. So I'm glad that people are telling you that they're celebrating you and, and, um, you know, see the example that you're setting for everyone else. I love that, Sally. I really do. I think Thank that's, you. That's no, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank, thank him because, you know, that's what it's um, all about. I know that another thing I wanted to speak about for me, and it, it, it goes into this, it, like the, the flexibility that kind of has to come into place because you don't know what tomorrow looks like. You don't know what next week looks like. I remember feeling like I was pregnant without a due date. And that was the second time <laughs> because I had already birthed my son at this point and we had adopted our daughter. And I remember telling somebody I, w I felt like I was pregnant without a due date because I didn't have it. Like we didn't know when is she coming? What month? Yeah. What year? You know, and yeah. then when Mark was sick, it was like this was my third pregnancy, second one without a due date. So. Um, what has it been like for you to, you know, go into that place where, you know, let's go back eight months to where this shocking news happened, where yeah. for me, I would say like the rug is pulled out and yes. then having to, having to live by, for me, I would say the first day was probably living minute by minute, mm -hmm. I would guess. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and now it's still day by day. I mean, I we have a tentative discharge date for him in early January. That's what we're working toward. I'm putting all the pieces into place to make that happen. And and yet in terms of the healing and the recovery process, it is a process. And and that's a a long term goal. That's a vision that I have that I hold in my mind for him. And yet I don't focus on it because Mm -hmm. if you focus exclusively on that goal, it can drive you crazy. (laughs) We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. And, you know, it's like the kids. Um, (laughs) Are we there yet? No. (laughs) And so. What we focus on, what I focus on is the daily steps, those daily activities that we do every single day. Uh, And we celebrate those small victories every day. And as long as we're doing that, we're successful. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we focus on. And no time frame, right? We we can't put a time frame on it. I just know and I trust that it is happening. And mm-hmm. we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can tell you are because you went from please consider organ donation to a, a release date in early yeah. January, right? So I mean, yeah. like profound. So yes, along uh, the way, um, we've spoken a little bit, but naysayers, people who didn't hold the belief that you have, the mm-hmm. uh, strong will, the desire, the ability to take action and have intention. You know, what did it feel like when you met them? And then how did you, how do you, if you still come up, you know, because I think we meet naysayers in any way, shape or form, right? I think, uh, mm-hmm. what is her name? Taylor Swift has a song, The Haters Gonna Hate, right? Yeah. That, um, that the kids would sing to me as somebody would write a nasty comment on my, you know, uh, social media page where I was promoting something what I felt was in love and they had a different opinion. But um, how do you work through that? Because for me, I was exhausted. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I had two young kids. I wasn't sleeping. Mark was in the house. I didn't know if he'd be awake. Uh, I didn't know if he would live through the night. And I didn't want the children to find him passed away in the house. So yeah. I was yeah. sleeping with like, you know, my uh, with a toothpick in my eye, listening for little critters, <laughs> my my toddler, toddler and kindergartner um, to make sure they didn't enter a room because he was so uncomfortable. He slept in four different places he would move from place to place through the night and I never know where he was, but how do you, and, you know, go about it. And when you're not feeling a hundred percent yourself. So it goes back to that energy uh, that you brought Mm -hmm. up, you know, those kinds of people are very energy draining. They're energy vampires. Yes. So I've just some of them uh, and this sounds harsh, but I've just kind of cut them off uh, because I don't I don't want to be dragged down. I don't want my being dragged down to impact my husband. Right. Right. And so there there are people who've been, you know, oh, why isn't he getting well? What are they saying about why he's not getting well? I'm like, he is getting well. And so, 
you know, if people are just demanding information that is really none of their business. And right. so I just cut them out. Um, you know, I, I don't have that energy to devote to people like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I focus my energy on being uplifting, uplifting myself, uplifting him, uplifting people around us. Um, you know, even uplifting the therapists. I think that makes yeah. a big difference in how they approach him. Uh, I'm enthusiastic. I'm asking them questions. Yeah. I'm involved. I'm there yeah. encouraging yeah. all of them. And I think it makes a difference. So the naysayers, the, the, you know, negative Nellies, whatever you want to call yeah. them. Uh, I just have kind of put them away. Good. Yeah. I, it's funny that the sentences that you used, I heard them myself, you know, well, what are they saying? Why isn't he yeah. la la la? Yeah. And yeah. it's funny because I don't think sometimes people know what they say. I don't think right. they hear yeah. or think through what they're saying. And they're yeah. not in tune with the energy of words like you and I are. And um, so you just gave me a few flashbacks, but it's true. We have to protect ourselves and our loved ones, especially yeah in times like you are right now. And I love when you said uplifting him, his mm -hmm. caregivers and yourself and the caregivers for me, I was always, I always thank them and praise them because I knew that would working in the medical field is not my calling. I knew that I couldn't be that ICU nurse that had to attend to Mark with the, with the, intubation tube in there, you know, yeah. I, I just couldn't, he lived on that stuff. Uh, it marks ICU nurse in North Carolina. She said, I thrive on this. And I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm just, you know, like it just stepping into the hospital exhausts my energy. You know, I had to do a lot of work before like in going in and out and making sure I take breaks. So how do you, how do you continually, uplift yourself in the times that you have that you're, I want to say the breaks you have away from him and handling everything that goes with caring for him. Right. Well, uh, we have uh, relocated from where we were to back to where uh, I'm closer to the kids. I'm actually oh, living with my son and his family right now, which is a blessing. I thank them that they're willing to allow me to do this. Uh, yeah. So just being around family, kids, you know, the grandkids, all of that is is supportive and energizing in that way. And then I, I also uh, am doing uh, Feldenkrais, which is a, a movement based um, approach to learning and body awareness, nice. uh, doing it for myself, doing it to help my husband as well, because I think it's an important part of his recovery uh, learning, uh, that mm -hmm. nourishes me, that energizes me. I, I thrive on that. And, and then just, uh, writing, meditating, uh, all of those things. I love it. That's awesome. And I think we have to do that all the time. Make yeah. sure, uh, you know, they used to say, put your oxygen mask on first. And yes. I remember, <laughs> Going, I was between fourth grade and fifth grade going to see my dad's side of the family in Germany. And I thought, that is so rude. You know, like I was just like, 
appalled by this announcement, you know? Yeah. First of all, I didn't want to have to wear an oxygen mask. And I was thinking, oh, God, is this plane going down? And I think at that time, all the DC-10s were having issues with, you know? Yeah. So I was like, yeah. maybe I want to get off the plane. But I'll never forget because I was so appalled by that. But then you realize that if you're not healthy, and I remember Mayo Clinic saying, what are you doing for yourself, Gina? And you're mm -hmm. like, I don't have any, what are you talking about? You're lucky I have an underwear and bra on today. There yeah. are days where I forgot what layer I'm on, you know, like you're getting dressed. You're like, oh, wait, hold on. Did I put underwear on? I think I forgot. Hold on. Let me get, to, you know, yeah. because I had two little kids and a husband who was, you know, failing in health. And, and, but they said, they made it clear, like, if you're not healthy, we, he cannot get organs. You mm -hmm. have to, because you're his legal caregiver, you know, you sign this documentation, there's nobody else, you have to be healthy. And, and, you know, kudos to them for that. And I'm so glad you do all the wonderful things that you just mentioned. I celebrate you for that. And I was going to ask if I could pull a card for you from the opening yes. possibilities. Um, I shuffled them before we got on. I'll do a quick shuffle now. And then on the front is a word, on the back is a statement using that word and three questions. You can decide to answer one, two, or all three. It's up okay. to you. And um, there we go. So I will thumb through them and then you just say when to stop. Okay, so I'll start now. Okay. Make sure stop. Okay. Senses, I like that. <laughs> Your five senses accentuate the bliss of life. How does smell enhance your taste? What role does taste play in nourishing your body? Which sense makes you most alive? Uh, wow. Oh, which sense makes me most alive? Wow. Um, I would say smell. The sense mm. of smell and um, a couple of reasons. One reason is yeah. that it's the only sense that we have that is apprehended directly by the brain. Uh, mm -hmm. Our other senses are, are translated and transmuted uh, by uh, the sense organs, right? Uh, yeah. The eyes, the ears, the touch, the mm -hmm. uh, all of that. But but the the scent, the smell goes directly into our brain, and so we experience it directly. Yeah. And and I think also scents. Um, when when you think of the scent of something, it it mm -hmm. immediately takes you back. It transports you to that moment yes. in time. Mm -hmm. uh, like the, the, uh, right now, I'm just imagining the smell of the wood fire in my grandmother's mm -hmm. house on a cold winter morning and the smell of the coffee coming up the steps. Yes. And, uh, yes. and you're there, you know, and, and <laughs> sense of smell is just magic. So I think that for me is it. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, after a, my own head injury, <clears throat> I lost smell and taste for a few weeks mm. and it was, um, you know, it was incredible. And I didn't realize that I had lost it until we got home from the vacation that I had the injury on. 
And uh, I asked Mark, can you please pour me a, a glass of that wine, a wine that I enjoy? And when I brought it to my nose, I thought, oh, it must have gone bad. Then I tasted it and it, I didn't, it was like uh, water, tasted like water. It had no smell like water. So I called my husband. I don't know. You just opened this bottle. He said, yes. What are you talking about? Taste it. He's like, I said, smell it. He's like, yeah, it's delicious. And I, I realized very quickly, and it's amazing how, you know, nervous and scared I was. Luckily, I it came back after two weeks. And this was long before COVID was even a word, a known word. But, um, you know, you talking about your grandmother's house, the wood fire, the smell of coffee. I'm thinking of my Oma's house in Germany. I could smell, you know, like it, it yeah. you know, it's true. It really does. And it elicits emotions and all these, all the energy that we've just been um, speaking about. And um, so it's always fun for me to pull a card because I never know what's going to be, but it's <laughs> lovely how it just tied our entire conversation together. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, before we started, I forgot to ask you, Sally, was there something you wanted to share with everyone? Your ways to connect with you will be in the show notes. Was there something special you'd like to share or a thought to leave with everyone today? So one of my favorite quotes is from Howard Thurman, who was a mentor to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. And he said, don't ask what the world needs Ask what makes you come alive and go do that because what the yeah. world needs is people who have come alive. So right. <laughs> what I would share is go do what makes you come alive. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for that, I commend you because that's what exquisitely aligned is all about. I believe that, you know, not the situation of your husband, but this, this, simpler, smaller things where we feel uneased and then that unease becomes dis-ease, I believe can be avoided many times, not always, right? Something we're born with, something like that, it's different. Um, like the head injury I had, that was an accident, etc. The arthritis that I have, thanks to hereditary, you know, different. But I think that we can, with the energy we were just talking about and come alive every day and that when we are forged in the fire like you mentioned before that we really can see clearly whether it was ourselves going through it or a loved one going through it i'm sure it's changed your um, children's way of living and being i don't know if your grandchildren are old enough but i know my kids even being two and kindergarten they started, I could see very quickly, like what became important to them was very different than their peers. Yeah. Um, so I commend you, Sally, for allowing this, you know, life-changing moment in time to allow you to become stronger, more brilliant, more vibrant, and really be there for your husband who needs you. And I celebrate both of you. I think I, I wrote his name and I think it was, is it Mateo or Mateus? Now Matias. I forgot. Mateus. Yeah. Matias. So um, I send love and, and hugs and, and lots of uh, good vibes to each and all of you. And 
your extended family and friends and all the people who are caring for both of you right now. So thank, thank you, you so for being much. with me. I really, you're such a delight. I hope you come to visit with your husband when he's yes. feeling better and um, back to himself. So thank you so much, Sally. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. It's been such a joy to speak with you today. Yes, and no, um, no technical issues, thank goodness. I'm very grateful for that, so thank you again. Until next time, be exquisite.